Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome back to the Cubs Live podcast. I'm your host, Mark Tellerico. While this is typically a two-man show, sometimes life gets in the way, and as a result, one of us are not able to record for the show, and in this case, it was Kyle. We rarely have any issues communication-wise, but he lives in Wisconsin, and I live in Arkansas right now, and that can occasionally cause issues for scheduling, and as a result, one of us has to do the show, and it was my turn today, so here we go. Last episode, our morale was quite low. The Cubs lost back-to-back series to the Rangers and Braves to start the season, and while things haven't been much better results-wise, I'm feeling more optimistic about what I'm seeing from this team overall. Sure, the Cubs are just 3-8, and eight, and there are question marks all over the field, but the Cubs have put up at least 10 runs on the board in three of their last five games, and in the middle of that stretch, the bullpen went 12 innings without allowing a run. They allowed two more runs in the sixth inning of their game against the Pirates on April 10th, but one of those runs were charged to Yu Darvish and the other was unearned as a result of an error, so they technically have a streak of over 15 innings without allowing an earned run. I'm not ready to say this bullpen's problems are solved, but this is a giant leap in the right direction compared to how they looked the first week and a half of the season. When it comes to starting pitching, I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet. Lester being hurt isn't ideal, but he shouldn't miss much time and has been looking great all season. If the Cubs can find a way to win with one or two Chatwood starts thrown in there, that'll be a huge boost for this team. Granted, it's Tyler Chatwood, so you really don't know what to expect, but he his walk numbers have been a little bit down so far this year, so I guess this can be a prove-it time for him. Hopefully he can put it together and maybe last five, maybe even six innings. Not going to get my hopes up, but I'll remain optimistic for the guy. While Hugh Darvish's last line didn't look too great, four earned runs over five and a third, if you actually watched the game, you would agree that he looked much better than before. He had zero walks, had great movement on his pitches, and only really made two mistakes, which both happened to be home runs. I strongly disagree with him being pulled in the sixth inning as the two men on base got there from a check swing bloop single and a ground ball that that bounced off of Darvish. But the Cubs only scored one run, so it may not have mattered anyways. It's frustrating because I would have liked to see Darvish, uh, I would have liked Darvish to have the chance to pitch out of the jam, especially considering he wasn't even at at 80 pitches yet. Best case scenario, he could have induced a ground ball double play and then went on to pitch the seventh, making his final stat line seven innings and three earned runs, which we all would take right now with him. Obviously, that is the best case scenario, of course, and he could have given up a three-run home run and the game could have been over from that point on. But if you're going to pay the man $126 million, you need to give him a chance to prove himself. Because there's going to come a time where we need the Cubs need to fall back on him, and if he doesn't have that experience, then how are they going to trust him? Either way, I'm still taking his outing in Pittsburgh as a positive sign. Cole Hamels was vintage 2018 Hamels against the Brewers, as he pitched six innings of two-run ball to collect his first win in the season. He gave up two runs in the first two innings, but after that he was smooth and pitched four clean frames. If this is who Hamels is going to be for the Cubs, they might want to think about extending him for a year or two as a valuable middle rotation piece. We shouldn't really expect him to be as dominant as he was the second half of last year, but he doesn't need to be. We're not asking him to be a number one or number two necessarily. He just needs to do his job and eat some innings and keep the keep the Cubs in, in the games. And that's what he's been doing so far, and that's what we should be able to expect from him this year. Jose Quintana, uh, I really don't know what to say about him. He looked solid in his relief outing against the Rangers to start the season, but then he got embarrassed against the Brewers, a team he has owned throughout his career. Noted, I am recording this before his outing against the Pirates on April 11th, 
So hopefully he writes the ship and his numbers improve, but he just seems so inconsistent at this point. He doesn't need to be who he was in 2016 with the White Sox, but a little consistency would be nice. One thing I'm definitely not going to worry about is Kyle Hendricks. His numbers are typically the worst all season in the months of March and April all across the board, so there's no need to stress about how he's looking. He does this every single year. As long as he's healthy and figuring out as the season goes on, he'll be okay. The big thing is, though, that these games matter. Last year, we saw how the division came down to the final game and then game 163 as well. So you really just need to make sure that he uh, he doesn't lose too many games as every game matters. So he needs to make sure that he is keeping the Cubs in the games at least and is getting better throughout the season. Offensively, the only complaint would be with Chris Bryant and Albert Elmora. I'm not going to panic with either player, especially KB. He missed a lot of time last year, so I don't think it's concerning that he's struggling. It's going to take a bit for things to click again. It's kind of like you Darvish in a way. It should be noted he really isn't doing that bad. There have only been two games all year where he hasn't collected a hit. He just had a stretch where he had nine strikeouts in four games, but slumps happen. I think he'll break out of it. Elmora I'm more upset with than anything else. Amora has had a chance to run away with the center field job with Ian Happ in AAA and with him struggling in Iowa itself. It seems like Happ won't be coming up anytime soon, but Elmora isn't bringing much to the plate right now. Through 11 games, Elmora doesn't have a single extra base hit. If you're only going to be getting singles, you need to collect some walks and be hitting close to 300. Hopefully he gets into the groove he was in last year in June, but he just is not there right now. As a unit, there's no reason to freak out about this offense. You can't praise this team for collecting 10 runs one game and then attack them when they only score one against the Pirates. You can't have it both ways. It's baseball, and that's going to happen. The best teams in baseball are going to get shut out, and then some of the worst teams in baseball are going to score 10 runs. It's what are the Cubs doing on average, and on average, the offense is doing their job. Overall, I'm feeling okay about this team. They look better than they did as a whole a week ago. I just hope that they can start collecting more wins and rattle off a bit of a win streak. They have a home series against the Angels, then travel to Miami, then host the Diamondbacks and Dodgers for six games. If they can go 4-2 and two against the Angels and Marlins and then just split it against Arizona and the Dodgers, this team would be approaching a 500 record to end the month. Given the disaster of an opening to the season the Cubs had, I'd take it. Now those should be some interesting series, as the Angels have just collected multiple wins against the Brewers, so they're not a team to sleep on. But Miami, if the Cubs don't go into Miami and take that series, that will be a very large disappointment. The Diamondbacks are kind of iffy as well. They're either hot or not. And the Dodgers, who looked like the best team in baseball, just got swept by the Cardinals. So I don't know what to expect from the Dodgers. I don't know what's going to be going on there. But really, this isn't a super difficult stretch, and a lot of these games are at home. So this is a good time for the Cubs to really make up some ground and hopefully get some Ws. Let's hope they can get into a groove and that they can get back into their winning ways. And hopefully, the next time that I talk to you guys, I'm feeling even more optimistic. Thank you for tuning in, and go Cubs. Let's try not to suck anymore.